0: My name is Pam, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the LaCara Diamond Q1 Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press star, then the number two. Thank you. Ms. Ira Thomas, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Pam.
1: On behalf of the company, let me first begin by extending our appreciation to everyone on the call for taking the time to join Lucara's Q1 results webcast. We sincerely hope that you and your families remain safe and healthy at this unprecedented time. Joining me from management today is Zara Bold, CFO, Dr. John Armstrong, VP Technical Services, and Aisha Hira, VP Corporate Development and Strategy. Just a reminder that several of the statements we will be making today will include forward-looking statements. Our cautionary statement can be found on slide two, and all references to dollars in this presentation do refer to US dollars. As all of you will clearly appreciate, the COVID-19 health pandemic is taking a heavy toll around the world, both in terms of lives lost and in respect of the global economy. Our top priorities as a company have been to protect the health and well being of our employees, contractors, and host communities, and to preserve the long term value of our assets. Though Botswana remains in lockdown with restricted movement of people and materials in country and across borders, mining has been declared an essential service, and we are continuing to operate under strict new government protocols. As part of our company wide crisis response, Ukara worked swiftly to implement social distancing and new hygiene measures. Reduced work hours where possible and staggered shifts at the mine. Further, more than one third of our workforce is now working from home. As important, we have contributed to the government of Botswana's COVID relief fund and we are supporting our local communities of interest in the Poteti region of Botswana in other targeted ways, including contributions of personal protective equipment food hampers, and donations to other local crisis management initiatives. I am really proud of how our leadership and employees have stepped up to face this challenge and how they continue to manage our business responsibly with a strong focus on driving operational excellence and efforts to drive down costs and increase efficiencies wherever possible. Our mine remains safe and our productivity strong. In terms of our sales, it should be no surprise at this stage that the market for diamonds and luxury products in general have suffered in line with many other businesses as a result of COVID-19. Demand for polished continues to be weak, and rough diamond transactions have slowed or even stopped uh, for many producers. As a result of this uncertainty, Lucara decided to suspend its revenue guidance at the end of March. Fortunately, however, we went into this crisis with a strong balance sheet, cash on hand, and we were able to complete our Q1 sale in early March, just prior to the COVID crisis really taking hold. As a temporary measure, the government of Botswana has granted Lucara the option of selling diamonds outside of Botswana to facilitate easier access for our customers. And as a result, we have taken a good portion of our goods uh, to Antwerp, in anticipation of that market being one of the first to open up. Now, almost eight weeks later, our mind continues to operate according to budget and plan, and we are beginning to see pockets of diamond demand returning, led primarily out of Asia for the time being. As a relatively low volume, high value producer with only four regularly scheduled tenders per year, and an avenue for selling part of our production digitally through Clara, we remain confident that we will generate the necessary revenues in 2020 to maintain this sound balance sheet and protect our future growth optionality by investing prudently in our underground expansion through this uncertain period. The first full quarter of 2020 was the sixth consecutive quarter to deliver strong operational and safety performance at our mine. Including Clara, we generated revenue of $34.1 million in Q1, which was in line with expectations, and we achieved operating costs slightly lower than our initial full year forecast. Modest early works and detailed engineering continued on our underground expansion. However, our full 2020 spend is now being rescoped to reflect the uncertainty around revenues in the wake of the COVID crisis. Other highlights for the quarter included a groundbreaking collaboration with Louis Vuitton on our 1,758-carat Suelo diamond, which I'll say a little bit more about in just a moment. And we recovered a beautiful top-white 549-carat gem diamond in February. On Clara, we feel that the business case has never been stronger or more relevant, as travel restrictions around the world prevent traditional diamond transactions from occurring in person. Clara continued to be active through the quarter, having completed our 24th sale, and we have grown our customer base by close to 20% during the period. Another positive development uh, for us has been the renewal of our $50 million uh, U.S. credit facility with Scotia, which will provide us with the liquidity and financial flexibility necessary to help manage our business effectively through this period. The uh, second 1,000 carat diamond and the largest recovered at Karoe uh, so far, uh, the 1,758 carat Sowelo was recovered in 2019 and is also the largest diamond to ever be unearthed in Botswana. Sowelo, which means rare find, in Setswana is a complex and mysterious stone owing to the black diamond coating that covers a good portion of its surface. Rather than selling it outright, which we didn't feel would maximize its value, we instead decided to enter into a unique collaboration with Louis Vuitton, the world's leading luxury brand, and the HB company out of Antwerp. The goal of this unique alliance is, firstly, to promote the story of natural diamonds and diamond mining in Botswana by touring the Suelo around the world in its rough form. Thereafter, the creative process of transforming the diamond into an exclusive collection of Louis Vuitton fine jewelry will begin. On its first stop earlier this year, the Suella was revealed to the world at a very high-profile Louis Vuitton Paris fashion event, where it garnered a huge amount of attention and interest from guests and media alike. Post-COVID, the tour will resume. Lucara retains a 50% interest in the diamond through to the completion of the polishing phase and will also receive 5% of all jewelry proceeds to contribute towards our community investment initiatives in Botswana. Just a few weeks later, in February of this year, Koroa yielded another record diamond recovery. Exceptionally pure, this 549 carat white diamond originated from the prolific EMPKS geological unit in the south lobe and was recovered undamaged from our mega diamond recovery circuit. The consistent recovery of these large exceptional diamonds is a testament to both the superior geologic endowment at Kuroi and our innovative mine design, which uses XRT diamond recovery technology uh, to recover these exceptional stones unbroken. It also reaffirms our confidence in our underground expansion plan, which provides greater access to this higher value EMPKS ore at depth. It is important to note that while we expect to recover these large high-value diamonds from time to time, they are not included in our annual base case revenue forecasting. The 549 remains unsold. Though our largest, highest-value diamonds are excluded from our forecast, it is important to stress that we do regularly and predictably recover a population of diamonds greater than 10.8 carats, that consistently accounts for 70% of our revenues. And you can see from this slide that we remain on track in the recovery of our diamonds greater than 10.8 carats. And in the first quarter, we recovered 190 specials, representing 6.7 weight percent of total recovered carats. And that includes eight diamonds over uh, 100 carats. As I mentioned in my opening remarks, the short-term outlook on demand for rough diamonds remains uncertain. However, in the medium to longer term, we continue to believe that the supply and demand fundamentals will correct and prices will rebound. Historically, Lucara has enjoyed high margins owing to the fact that our production profile is dominated by these large high-value diamonds. As a result, we entered this crisis with a strong balance sheet, no debt, and access to liquidity. We will continue to make prudent prudent capital allocation decisions in the coming months to support our business, protect our balance sheet, and to position our company for long-term future success. And now I'd like to turn it over to Zara Bolt, our CFO, to take us through the results of our first sale and our quarterly operating and financial results.
2: Thank you, Ira. Uh, Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. During the first quarter of this year, we sold 86,178 carats of diamonds at an average price of $396 a carat, generating revenue of $34.1 million. Our first quarter sale represents the smallest of the four planned sales this year and reflects a reduction in realized prices in the larger size classes compared to those achieved in the first quarter of 2019. In the first tender of this year, we sold four diamonds for more than 1 million US dollars each, including two diamonds that sold for more than 2 million US dollars each. During the first quarter, six sales were held through Clara with US 3 million in total volumes being transacted. Clara significantly reduces the time it takes for a rough diamond to get to market, allowing producers to generate cash flow on a more regular basis, and manufacturers to limit the amount of working capital that is tied up in inventory. In April, 2020, the government of Botswana implemented several travel restrictions in an effort to reduce the spread of COVID-19. As these travel restrictions are expected to remain in place for an unknown period of time, the company's ability to complete tenders in Botswana is expected to be impacted. As a temporary measure, The government of Botswana has granted Lucara permission to hold diamond sales in Antwerp, Belgium. Lucara's second quarter tender, which was originally scheduled for mid-May, has been postponed and will be rescheduled to a more appropriate date in the near term as market conditions are evaluated. Moving to slide 10, the average price per carat sold during the first quarter was $396 a carat yielding an operating margin of $195 a carat or 49%. This compares to an average price per carat sold of $512 a carat in the first quarter of 2019. The number of carats sold in the first quarter was approximately 10% less when compared to Q1 2019. The decrease in average price per carat sold was a combination of variability in the quality of the diamonds available for sale along with lower chief prices, similar to those realized in mid-2019. An operating cost of $31.43 per ton of ore process is about 3% greater than the $30.52 cost per ton process achieved in Q1 2019, but it is below our initial full year forecast cash cost of $32 to $36 per ton process. In the current quarter, this cost was positively impacted by a favorable exchange rate and the benefits of cost optimization efforts undertaken in 2019, offset by a 16% decrease in tons processed when compared to Q1 2019. Cash flow from operations was 2 cents per share this quarter as compared to 5 cents per share in Q1 2019. Total revenue recognized was $34.1 million as compared to $48.7 million in the same quarter last year. The company recorded a net loss for Q1 2020 of $3.2 million resulting in a one cent loss per share versus net income of $7.4 million in Q1 2019 and earnings per share of two cents. Adjusted EBITDA for the three months ended March 31st, 2020 was $8.1 million. This compares to 23.4 million in Q1 2019. The decreases in net income and adjusted EBITDA are consistent with the decrease in revenue between comparable quarters. Operations in the first quarter of 2020 were consistent with the strong, stable operating environment that was achieved at the Karowe mine in 2019. Consistent with expectations, We mined about 878,000 tons of ore and almost 1.2 million tons of waste in the first quarter. This compares to just over 1 million tons of ore mined and 2.5 million tons of waste mined in the first quarter last year. We processed about 639,000 tons of ore during the first quarter, which was consistent with our plan for this year. In Q1 2019, we processed about 763,000 tons of ore. The total tons processed in 2020 are expected to be slightly less than the record 2.8 million tons processed last year due to several planned multi-day shutdowns to upgrade the XRT technology, which is a key part of the recovery circuit at the Crowey mine. Carrots recovered and sold totaled 91,536 carats and 86,178 carats respectively. During Q1 2020, ore process was almost entirely from the south lobe and a total of 190 specials were recovered, including eight diamonds greater than 100 carats in weight. Uh, Recovered specials equated to 6.7% weight percentage of total recovered carats from ore process during Q1 2020. And again, this was consistent with our expectations. We maintain a strong operating margin of 49% although this was less than sixty, the 67% operating margin that we achieved in Q1 2019. Operating expenses per carat sold totaled $201 per carat in the three months ended March 31st, 2020, up from 169 per carat sold in the comparable period last year. Total carats sold were approximately 10% less by volume than the same quarter last year. Despite the challenges presented by the COVID-19 pa- pandemic, We are pleased to confirm that the Kuroi mine continues to operate at full production levels with social distancing and other critical health and safety measures designed to limit the spread of the virus being observed. These new measures and guidelines were implemented by the government of Botswana in late March 2020 when mining was designated as an essential service in Botswana. In November 2019, we announced the results of a feasibility study for the development of an underground mine at Kuroi. Resource work completed since 2017, identified a significant economic opportunity at depth on the basis of new drilling and recoveries from the open pit. The proposed underground expansion is expect, expected to extend the mine life to 2040, doubling the original mine life, and it has the potential to add about 4 billion in additional net revenue. The economic analysis from the 2019 feasibility study does not include more than 200 million in revenue from the sale of exceptional diamonds. Although we know that we will continue to recover these truly unique diamonds as evidenced by the recent recovery of a 549 carat top white gem diamond. In November, 2019, the CARS Board of Directors approved a 53 million US dollar capital program for the Crowey Underground Expansion Project with a majority of the budget scheduled to be spent in the latter part of the year and funded through cash flow from current operations. During Q1 2020, 1.7 million was spent on project execution activities, including detailed engineering and design work and early procurement initiatives. Given the uncertainty in global markets resulting from COVID-19, the originally planned capital budget will be reduced until more certainty exists around our cash flow projections. The 2020 program is now being re-scoped to focus on critical path items for the remainder of the year. These activities will focus on procurement of long lead time equipment, engineering and design work, and physical site activity using local contractors for site preparation and geotechnical studies. The company is continuing to explore debt financing options for the underground expansion, for those amounts which are expected to exceed the company's cash flow from operations during the construction period. The underground expansion program has an estimated capital cost of 514 million and a five-year period of development. In light of the uncertainty resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic, we are also reviewing the original estimates and assumptions for the quantum and timing of cash flows expected from the current operations against the anticipated financing requirement for the underground expansion program. Current restrictions on travel have really changed our industry's ability to send rough diamonds in traditional ways, and this has translated into a lot of interest in Clara, our secure digital marketplace for rough diamonds. Buying or selling rough on Clara does not require traveling or viewing of goods. Clara delivers rough diamonds against polished orders, which is especially relevant to identify the pockets of demand arising in the current environment. The value of the Rough Diamonds transacted through the Clara platform in Q1 2020 was $3 million over six sales, which brings the total value transacted on the platform to $12.3 million. The 24th sale is presently ongoing, and we have seen the frequency of sales and the number of participants increasing from just four initially to 33 presently. We are focused on growing supply and demand concurrently through the addition of third-party production to the platform and from increasing the number of buyers invited to buy on the platform. Onboarding third-party production to the platform remains a key objective for us in 2020. However, production trials planned to begin in Q1 have been postponed in response to the unprecedented global upheaval, which has resulted in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Zucara is a high margin producer operating in a low risk jurisdiction. We have a strong balance sheet and access to liquidity through our 50 million US dollar working capital facility, which was recently extended into May, 2021. We have open pit mineable reserves into 2026 and the potential to expand the mine life to 2040 through the development of an underground mine. In addition, through Clara, we have asset diversification and an additional revenue stream. All of these factors make Lucara the premier mid-tier investable diamond company positioned for long-term sustainable growth. Thank you very much. I will now turn the floor back to Ira. We would be pleased to answer any questions you may have.
3: Thank you, Zara. I think we can open it up for questions, please.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be pulled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question.
3: Your first question comes from Edward Shrek with BMO. Please go ahead. Hello, Ed. Edward, your line is now open. If you have us on
4: mute, please unmute your phone. Hi, sorry, I was I was on mute. Um, I hope you're all well. Um, just a question on liquidity. You know, I think it looks like sales, sort of market transactions of diamonds will. Reopen later this quarter at least cautiously, but if we were to stress test the balance sheets um, If you can't make any sales, how long will the existing liquidity last for and Are you in discussions to expand? Um, you know borrowing facilities or anything like that just uh, in case Thanks
1: Ed, uh, maybe I'll start and then I can let Zara jump in there. Um... Uh, first of all, Ed, we, we do believe that we will make diamond sales in, in 2020. The market is already uh, starting to open up, Antwerp is opening up this week. We're in regular contact with our customers, and uh, they are uh, keenly awaiting um, our, uh, basically, announcement of, of, of the next sale. We are being cautious. We are assuming that prices will um, continue to be uh, lower. But uh, we do believe that there is demand out there. So I, I think that would be the first answer. But in, you know, in terms of our overall liquidity, I think we're very comfortable uh, with the facility that we currently have in place. And maybe I'll just let Zara kind of say a few words about that.
2: Thanks, Ira. Um, and as you know, Kuroi is a high-margin asset um, that supports our base business quite well. Uh, so at this time, we are... are comfortable that with the liquidity provided by our working capital facility and um, anticipated diamond sales over the next few months, um, that we should not have any issue.
4: Thank you. And then just to ask a follow-up, you're saying that your customers are reaching out asking when sales are going to happen. Does that give you a feeling that there's an element of restocking that's going to be needed, and so perhaps a little surge in demand?
1: Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, there's lots of different views on this, but, you know, the reality is we've seen curtailments all around the world. There's a lot of mines that are not currently producing, and, you know, there's not a, a lot of rough being transacted. Um, uh, on the flip side, we know that there is demand starting to emerge in Asia. Um, you know, India has, is, you know, making de- debating what to do now in terms of opening back up. Um, and getting air polishing factories kind of up and running. And we believe that um, that will uh, start to create some some demand for for rough here, so. Does that
3: answer the question? Just to ask a
4: final question. Yes, I think so. And then just to ask a final question, Um, you know, if we assume, pricing was obviously uh, weakening coming into the, the sort of industry shutdown. If we assume that prices remain weak on the restart, and then, well, let's hope they recover, but um, would it make sense to just sell a minimum of of goods to cover costs and retain as much inventory as possible to maximize value for the future? Or do you feel like you need to sell everything?
1: No, we don't feel that we need to sell everything. I think the key thing for Lucara is that we retain optionality and flexibility. You know, we had a big capital program for this year that, Um, we're we're revisiting and luckily for us, the the capital was scheduled to be spent mostly in the latter part of the year. So, you know, we have a number of weeks um, uh, to make decisions here, Ed, and and that's exactly what we're, how we're thinking about it. You know, we're not under pressure to sell everything. Um, And our view is that we're not going to be selling our product at fire sale prices. So, we want to be very strategic. We want to make sure that we're, um, in, you know, supporting uh, our, our balance sheet and that we come out of this year, you know, in a, in a, in a good, strong position. Um, but at this stage, we're, you know, we're very comfortable that um, we are not going to have to go out and, and sell whatever's involved. Um, on the other hand, we think that we'll have opportunities to sell those diamonds, um, and, um, and you know, hopefully, we won't be looking at heavily discounted prices by the end of the year.
4: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much.
3: Thank you.
0: Your next question comes from Daniel McConvey with Rosport Investments. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, good day, everyone. Um, two questions. Uh, first, just on on COVID, if the, bo- the borders are shut down, just what what challenges do you have, just in terms of getting the right technical people there uh, now, and if if something goes wrong, is, is how much of a concern is that?
1: Yeah, luckily, thanks Dan, and, and thanks for for dialing in. We. Um you know, luckily for us, 98% of our, our workforce in Botswana um, live and reside in Botswana. So we don't have a lot of expats coming into the country. Um, uh, the, the exception to that is really on our underground program, where uh, we do have um, contractors primarily coming in from South Africa. So um, that certainly has been restricted. But um, you know, at this stage, uh, we're we're obviously taking our foot off the gas pedal on the underground spend, so we're very comfortable that we can kind of manage that, um, and we're also feeling um, quite optimistic that those borders are going to start to to open up here pretty pretty soon for certain um, types of travel in, in, in relation to, you know, expertise um, in and around, you know, mining. So uh, we expect that to to kind of resolve here in, in due course. But for the moment, we're, we're comfortable and we've been able to manage um, all of our operations uh, despite closed borders. John, would you like to jump in and add anything there?
3: No, I, I think you answered
5: the, the question. There. Thanks. Thank you. Second, second question, I guess, is the, is the, is the elephant question with crowley and you're looking at reassessing your capex expenditures, et cetera Just with the kind of the punch in the gut we've got in several markets, including the diamond markets now, and the fact you have three or four years of of open pit material left, and I know it's a five year program to build the underground, but what it just it, it, to someone on the street, it almost screams. Um, wait a year and uh, you know slow things down. Is wait a year and and uh, uh, and if you did have a, a, a void for six months or nine months, it would seem fairly immaterial. Now I know it's a, it's a very robust thing and and you're looking long term, and so maybe the right answer is to keep on charging. But what what are the kind of the pressures that kind of um, keep you? Um, the, the, wanting to go to go forward, i.e., it might be the government. You don't want to. Uh, it might be commitments to them. It might be something else. But um, what are the what are the reasons to keep on on charging?
1: Okay, ideas? well that's sure. Thank you for that. First of all, I wouldn't say that we're charging. <laughs> I would say that we're okay. taking a very measured approach right now. Um, I think we we would have been charging um, if uh, COVID hadn't uh, struck. But I, I think what's important here is balancing, you know, the risk and opportunity of the underground. Um, first of all, we, we do have about five years left of the, of the open pit. Um, but it is a long build-out over the next five to six years. And, um, you know, the schedule um, calls for, Expenditure in 2020 and 2021. We're looking at rescoping that to make it more manageable for us and more comfortable. But um, any delays that we take add schedule risk in the overall plan. So it's really about balancing that all out. Um, we are fortunate that we do have stockpiles sitting on site that can act as a buffer on the underground schedule. Um, but you know we really don't want to eat into those into that buffer right at the beginning of a of a five year bill. So you know we we are looking at it very closely and 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 luckily we do have flexibility in that schedule that will allow us to take our foot off the gas pedal. Uh, but we don't want to you know step on the brakes either. We don't think that that would be prudent, and we don't think and we think that would introduce. Um, Additional risk, you know if, if we if we have to slow it right down to a trickle We will but we think there is a balance in there and that's what we're striving for and in the coming weeks when we have more certainty on Our diamond sales and, and our projections for revenue uh, Then we'll be able to adjust the plan appropriately
5: Okay, thanks. All right, what are the risks for slowing it down?
1: Well, it's really around schedule, just getting it completed in time to um, basically transition from the open pit to underground ore. Right. So, okay. you know, as you may recall, we're, we're, you know, we're, not, we're not building um, a top-down underground mine. We're going right to the bottom and mining up. So it does take time to sink shafts and get that underground development um, complete in, in time to segue it's really all about the, the scheduling from uh, open pit to underground and not having any any gaps ideally
5: okay okay great thanks very much ira
0: thank you your next question comes from scott mcdonald with scotiabank please go ahead
5: good morning everyone or uh, good afternoon i uh, hope you're all uh keeping well um ira, i was just wondering if you could talk a bit more about what sort of factors you're looking at in terms of uh informing uh your decision on when to hold your your next sale like what do you what do you need to see in terms of uh demand out there in order to to make that decision besides of course the logistical constraints that
1: need to need to ease yeah a lot of it is is around logistics scott i would say um you know we're watching um pretty carefully right now what's happening in antwerp that will um you know they're starting to open up here now and i think you know as we see um that that happening that that's obviously very helpful um obviously we're watching to see what other um, larger diamond producers are, are doing as well um but again i think we're, we're we're feeling pretty comfortable we're sort of thinking about the june time period but uh you know the you know the grape advantage that we have is that we 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 really don't feel like we have a gun to our head so we want to you know we want to be strategic we want to be smart um and we obviously want to start generating revenue sooner than later uh but i i think you know we've just got to to watch it unfold and i know that's a bit of a wishy-washy answer but um you know at this stage i think we're feeling pretty good about the potential for holding a sale before the end of the second quarter um, but you know we're not committing to that today. Uh, we just feel that the you know the market is 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 starting to come awake and that that um, is looking quite possible.
5: Okay. thanks, uh, yeah, I appreciate. It. It's an extremely uncertain situation, so you can't give certainty. but uh, just one other question for me um, for Zara. I saw on your release that um, you the RCF uh, agreement, it imposes some kind of um, limitations on your underground spending. What, how does that work and what, what kind of limits do you have uh, on underground spending?
2: Um, Our present focus for the underground is on the procurement of long-lead items and detailed engineering. Um, I talked a little bit previously about the work that's going on now. Um, Scott, we're pretty confident that we can work within any internally and externally imposed capital constraints to protect the long-term value of the asset.
3: Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Your next question. Oh, my apologies. Your next question comes from Richard Hatch with Burenberg.
6: Uh, Ira own team for the call. Much appreciated and hope you're all doing okay. Um, first question is just on the market. Um, I wonder if you, you might be able to just quantify um, just on a pure market basis what you saw in terms of price movements quarter on quarter, so kind of that price move. Um, December quarter to March quarter. Um, appreciate there's a mix adjustment in there, but um, if you're able just to give a bit of kind of steer on what you feel on a light for like basis, the market actually did.
1: Sure, maybe I'll start and let, let John kind of jump in. Um, you know, the last sale of 2019, we saw, you know, a nice kind of uh, recovery on the market overall compared to what we've been enduring for the, for, for the early, in the earlier part of the year. Uh, so we saw that as a positive sign. And if, if we hadn't been hit with COVID in Q1 of 2020, we really felt that that recovery would have continued um, for our budgeting purposes, however, and our, and our outlook for 2020, um, you know, we felt that that Q4 sale was, you know, was, was one sale and it was too early to call a trend. So we went into 2020 with a more conservative outlook, uh, really, you know, formulated and based on what we achieved um, in, uh, in 2019 overall. And um, and then on our Q1 sale, um, you know, we were pleased that, you know, based on that forecasting, we actually came pretty close. Uh, we did see... Uh, prices drop in some of our larger, higher quality goods between the fourth quarter of 2019 and, and Q1 2020. Um, and that, you know, did result in, and, and contribute to that lower average price per carat. And John, do you want to just uh, add add anything in there?
4: Yeah, just, to, just to
7: reiterate that, yeah, that the last sale of 2019, I mean, like Others in the industry, we did see a significant uptick in pricing versus what we saw in the early to mid part of 2019. Um, and as Ira indicated in that first tender, we closed on um, in early March. You basically saw all those gains that from December or two four of nineteen disappear. And you know the the larger goods that had started to see some rebounds. In the latter part of 2019, I mean that that was erased. So it was, uh, I mean, a little bit of a, a little bit of a surprise. But again, um, as Ira mentioned, for our budgeting purposes, we maintained our pricing kind of at mid 2019 levels. So we, you know, in terms of what we were expecting, we came in fairly close. But we didn't see the same uptick that we saw in the the latter part of 2019.
6: Okay, so what? So we're talking what, like, kind of 10 ish percent off, John? Is that fair?
7: Rough. Uh, I would say little, in the neighborhood of fifteen ish I mean okay, and that you know that was and obviously subsequent to us closing our tender others in the industry saw sub- you know um, that that decrease in pricing um kind of increase right, so a further loss beyond what happened in early March,
6: yeah. I expect, interestingly, I, I saw an Rosa comment that sort of suggested that um, that it was just, well, I suppose it's just purely down to the fact that the markets are shut, right, rather than the fact that there's a a, a market issue, so to speak. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but they, I think they were just sort of suggesting they, they didn't sell their goods because there was no market to sell into, um, and therefore posted a 2% or well, um, weaker price.
1: Well, I think there's... Definitely, um, uh, an, an element of that. I, I think nobody knows what the prices are right now. It's 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 difficult.
6: Um, yeah. Okay. Un- understood. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a tough market to sell into. I would I imagine. And, and just on that, I mean, obviously Clara gives you a, a slightly different angle to to some of your peers. So, j- j- can you just remind us, like, what what is the flexibility you've got to sell on Clara just in terms of perhaps you know if we were to look at your um you know your parcel of goods obviously a lot of its weighted to the higher kind of weight percentage and value percentage so have you got some kind of flexibility there to sell some of those better quality stones on Clara or is there still that kind of pushback that it's preferred that they can be inspected and viewed and, and therefore to make a decision on whether to, to buy
1: yeah it's not it's not so much um that i mean the, the larger stones it do, do introduce um, some, some some challenges to sell on Clara, but it's because there's many potential outcomes for for a large stone whereas Clara you know really works well and um, you know delivers value in in what we call the bread and butter goods you know between one and ten carats. Where you know the the potential outcomes on a single stone are are much more predictable. Um, and you're right, Richard. Most of our production doesn't really qualify for sale on Clara. We're simply you know sponsoring the Clara platform to demonstrate its value and its worth. And I think that's that's gone that's gone very well. And you know, for us uh, and Lucara, it, it really is about getting um, third party volume on to, to Clara as it ramps up. And, and, you know, we were feeling very good about that um, plan and strategy for 2020. But again, that's sort of been interrupted by COVID. Um, but what what is been really interesting is that they, our um, clients and customers remain um, very active on Clara and keen. And, you know, we think that that's only going to increase you know, that level of interest is only going to increase post-COVID because uh, travel is still going to be, you know, challenging. So we think the business case for Clara remains very strong. We, you know, need to see this market uh, open up uh, a bit here. But when it does, we think Clara, you know, has the potential to, to, um, you know, really, you know, take off in, in this kind of environment.
6: Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, just one um, one for Zara. Um, Zara, just on the working cap, um, some uh, builds, I suppose, in inventory, which is n- not surprising, and then payables, which um, perhaps can you just give a little bit more clarity on what was going on there and when you'd expect those, uh, particularly the kind of non-inventory based um, um, working cap builds, to unwind.
2: Um, Richard, we didn't. I don't really see those as unusual um, for the way our business operates. So um, I don't think I can give you any additional color um, specifically. I'm happy to take it up with you offline if you'd like. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. I see them as fairly
6: straightforward. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop you in. Late. No worries. Um, and, then, and then the last one was just on the um, the shaft thinking. Um, for the underground, can you can you just remind us at what point um, it become like the shaft becomes critical path in terms of having to start um, well start works to, to begin sinking it? And I appreciate that you, you point to the fact that you've got flexibility in terms of the open pit, um, so you could push it out if you so wish. But just on the if we were to stick to the time frame, when do you need to start breaking ground? Sure, John. Do you want to?
1: Take that one, please.
3: Yeah, I think that as part of the
7: re relook at the capital spend in in 2020, uh, in the original um, project timelines, we had some activities relating to um, the precinct on the ven- the precinct on the ventilation shaft taking place in 2020. Um, that's probably one of the things that that can get pushed out into 2021. Um, the more critical aspect is, um, as Zara and Zara touched on, is the procurement of the long lead time items related to the shaft sinking activities. So those are really, you know, at the moment the ultimately kind of the critical items to um, to get in the queue on. Um, we have uh, a line on some winders and things of this nature, but we would have to get in the manufacturing queue for some of the specialized shaft sinking equipment. Um, and it's really, you know, fundamentally critical that we that we proceed with that aspect of the project um, and the detailed design and engineering. And then, you know, the, the physical civil work um, can start in 2021, and it kind of removes the, the, the risk of not being able to get, uh, you know, people into the country to do some of the specialized, uh, specialized uh, work activities in 2020.
6: Thanks, John, and um, wishing you all uh, health. Cheers.
3: Thank you, Richard.
0: Your next question comes from Paul Zeminski with PDZA. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, everyone. Um, I, just wondering if you've seen any interest in recent weeks from, say, you know, private non-industry buyers approaching you, you know, showing um, interest in some of your better stones. You know, perhaps looking to buy the store of value given the current economic circumstances?
1: Thanks, Paul. That's a, a great question, and the short answer is yes. Um, we are starting to, uh, to see um, emerging interest, and again, a, a lot of that is coming out of Asia, and, and that is another potential uh, avenue, I think, for uh, Diamond sales for Locar, you know, going forward, particularly with the large high-value diamonds, you know, we're not uh, at the point where, uh, you know, we've, we've, you know, transacted a whole bunch of big stones in this way. But, yes, there has been some expressions of interest uh, around those, and um, uh, and I guess maybe not surprising in this kind of a market.
5: Yeah, that's, that's a good sign. Good to hear. Okay, thank you, and uh,
3: stay well, everyone. Thanks, Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have any questions, please press star one. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
1: Okay, well thank you very much everybody for joining the call today. Um, we wish you all the best um, and, and keep healthy and um, we look forward to speaking with you again next quarter, hopefully with some some good news on the market. Thank you very much.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.